Welcome to Restoration Church. At Restoration Church, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, and relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by lead Pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. This morning, Pastor Rex continues his series, Sons Not Servants, with a message entitled, Rings of Authority. Today we're going to talk about the second part of it, of this uh, series, is the ring of authority. I'm going to talk about the ring of authority. The first one was the robe of righteousness. We talked about the robe of righteousness, and we talked about it out of Luke chapter 15, um, we talked about verses 15 through 22. We talked about when the prodigal son came home. When he came home, the Bible says that the father, his father put a robe on him, a ring on his finger, and shoes on his feet. And all of those in the New Testament and in the Word of God mean something. Each one of those gifts that the father gave the prodigal son meant something. And I want to ask this a question this morning. Had the prodigal son earned the gifts that God gave him, his father gave him? No. If you read the story, he had not earned any of the gifts at all. He had not earned them. He had been living in a, a, a wayward life. Uh, the Bible says living a life of partying and with harlots. So he had, he had wasted his life, so he didn't earn them. So we've been talking this whole series about sons, not servants, about the very fact of this, that the grace given to us by Jesus Christ cannot be earned. We understand it is not earned. It is a free gift. It doesn't matter if you're the very, very, very best Christian here or you're the worst Christian. If you're saved, you're saved. Amen? Amen? It doesn't matter what we think about ourselves, that the blood of Jesus Christ covers us. The Bible says the, shed, the blood of Jesus was shed for all the remission of sins or the forgiveness of, she, of, of sins. So tonight I want to talk about the reign of authority. And I, I'm going to start with Mark chapter 1, verse 22. Mark chapter 1, verse 22. And this is talking about Jesus. It said the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Before we go any further, will you stand with us and let's pray together. I'm going to preach a long time this morning. Amen. I promise you I'm not going to put a corn on the cob or a steak up there today. I mean, there may be a picture of a rain up there. I don't know. I'm just joking. But I'm not going to throw food at you today. Amen. Let's ask God to bless us in the time of preaching his word. Father, we love you. We honor you and we thank you. We're humbled to be a part of what you're doing in this kingdom, in your kingdom and in this church. God, we just pray that you would bless us, to anoint us, give us freedom in your house today to preach and teach your word, to help us to be hearers of your word, uh, doers of your word, God, just hearers only. God, get help it to change us, to challenge us, God, and to correct us as your word always does. God, I ask you for anointing to flow through this place as it's done in, our, in your worship today and worship to you. And I'm asking you, the Father, today to speak through me. Holy Spirit, speak through me today. Give me freedom in my mind and my heart. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to touch and edify and lift your church. And all the church said, Amen. 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 He talked about Jesus and Mark. He talked about that when they heard Jesus speak, he spoke as one with authority. But let me say this, in this time when this was written about Jesus, Jesus was around religious people. How many has ever liked being around religious people? I'm going to say this. There's a difference between 
And I'm not going to nitpick today. But there's a difference between religious people and righteous people. I've, I've been around a lot of religion before. What I mean by religion is when we look down our nose at somebody else because we think we're better than them. And you want to know the thing that will disqualify us for walking in the authority that Jesus Christ gives us? It's called pride. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18 says, Pride goes before a destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You want to disqualify yourself, look down your nose at somebody that's in a struggle in their life, and you begin to judge them and watch the anointing leave your life. You got two amens. But the whole part of authority that we want to talk about today is received through humility. I'm going to say that again. The authority that Jesus Christ gave us on the cross is received through humility. The Bible says, he that knew no sin, you've heard me quote this time and time again, one of my favorite scriptures in the New Testament, became sin for us. He that knew no sin became sin for us. Why did he become sin for us? The Bible says he humbled himself. Can I tell you a little bit about the, 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 the place of the skull, the, the hill called Golgotha, the place of the skull? It's been believed that the place of the skull was the place where uh, 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 Goliath's head was buried. Remember when David killed Goliath and cut off his head? Remember when David walked out, a little bitty boy, I believe he beat him to, him to be between 14 and 16 years old, and he looked at the Goliath, Goliath that was over nine feet tall, and he says, today... God's going to give me your head, and I'm going to feed it to the buzzards. I know that's a little test. I'm sorry, Jay. I'm not trying to hurt you. But how does a 14-year-old boy that's, you remember Saul wanted to give David his armor, but he wouldn't wear it because he said it didn't fit. Can I preach a little bit right here? A lot of us want to accomplish something for the kingdom but we're trying to wear somebody else's anointing and armor when God gave us our own. It doesn't matter whether you've been on this journey two days, you've been on this journey two years, you have authority in Jesus Christ. And you never will have that authority that God gives you unless you walk in humility. David was willing and able to be able to attack a nine foot six giant and, and kill him with three with five smooth stones, the stones that he gathered from a brook. Remember that? He was able to kill him with one stone because he walked in humility. Therefore, he was able to walk out on the battlefield. Remember when all the trained soldiers, all the special forces, were, and even their general Saul was hiding behind rocks. I remember that one. But David walks out and defeats a giant in his life because you know what he did? He encouraged himself in the Lord. When he's going out there, he's got this little sling and he's got his stones in his patch, in his pouch, and he's walking out there, Sister Marianne, and he's saying, I killed the lion and I killed the giant. And this uncircumcised foolish thing is going to be no match for you, Lord. For you, Lord. And then the thing that made David mad, and I said, but I, I know y'all thinking, why are you preaching about David? I'm going somewhere with this. But the thing that made David mad because David, because Goliath was insulting David's God. How many of us get angry when people talk about your God? Yes. It's called righteous indignation. Righteous indignation means my God deserves praise, not ridicule. Yes, amen. That's what righteous indignation is. But I don't walk around with people that don't understand who God is. And I look down my nose at them because they don't understand who God is and they curse God. What I do is I live Jesus before them so they can see Jesus living in me so they can glorify him. Amen? So they can be changed by what they see in me. And that's going to be humility. So you say, well, Pastor, how do we have 
authority in humility. How do we gain authority rather through humility? We have to understand this, that all authority is delegated. Every bit of authority that we have is delegated. It was delegated by Jesus on the cross. The Bible says after Jesus died and he gave up the ghost, the Bible says that he went to the deep places of the earth and he took and he preached to the souls that had never been preached to. And the Bible said he took the keys from death, hell, and the grave. Isn't that what it said? That's called authority. That's called authority. But Jesus had authority. The reason he had the authority is because something happened a few hours before he would go to the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says he prayed until his sweat became as great drops of blood and even asked God to help him not go to the cross if that would be God's will. But he said, nevertheless, nevertheless Lord, not my will but yours be done. He humbled himself to become he who would carry sin for us. All authority is delegated. There were religious people all around them in, in Jesus' times. Matter of fact, the scribes and the Pharisees, right? They knew the scripture, but they had no authority. I'm going to say it again. A lot of people know the scripture. The Bible says the devil himself knows scripture. He does. Matter of fact, when he had tried to be greater than God, the Bible says Jesus shared that I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And the Bible says he took a third of the angels with him that rebelled with him, right? That's where we get demons from. So he didn't he didn't operate, Lucifer didn't operate on the authority that God gave him, so God kicked him out of heaven because he didn't walk in what? Humility. He wanted to be like God. Remember the, the story that he sold to Eve in the garden. Oh, you can eat of this tree because God don't want you to be able to see the things he sees. It's in a lie. It's in a trick. A lot of times, how many ever believed a lie? I have. You ever believed a lie before? But let's talk about authority. See, Eve had the authority to rebuke the serpent, but she chose not to. Because her lust and her desires was going to be something that she wasn't. And Adam sinned too, guys. Let's just go ahead and go. He, he, he ate the fruit too. But he, she wasn't, he wasn't walking in the place of authority. He said, well, pastor, they wanted something they didn't have. They walked with God every day. They already had everything. The Father created them to have a relationship with. So God the Father himself walked with them in the cool of the day every day. So they already had everything, yet they wanted more. Humility, and humility is the quickest way to walk in authority. Pride is the quickest way to lose authority. Now let's go to Luke chapter 9 verse 1. Let's talk about authority for a minute. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. It says, when Jesus called the 12, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them to proclaim the, proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, Jesus gave them authority to do that. His disciples. And I know you say, well, pastor, you're talking about the ones that followed him. You're talking about the ones that were martyred for the faith. You're talking about the ones that have been with him a while. I just remember Jesus getting on with his disciples. And correct him. He looked at Peter one time, and Peter would preach. Remember when Peter preached, and thousands come to know the Lord? And then he walked by people, him and John, and his shadow healed, their shadow healed people. 
because they were so filled with the power of God. But Jesus looked at Peter one time and said, get me behind me, son. Because Peter was trying to stop him from what he was called to accomplish by the Father. So let's go a little farther. He said, he gave them power in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 2. Let's go to Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. It said, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him in every town and place where he was about to go. So here's Jesus appointing more people to preach the gospel and walk in the farm. Now let's go to Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 21. Let's read here. It says, Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 18. Right here it says, The 72 returned with joy and said to the Lord, Even the demons are subject to us in your name, he replied. And then Jesus said, The letters read, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Jesus was not impressed. He says, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. Verse 20. However, do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you or they have to submit themselves to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Verse 21. At that time, Jesus full of joy through the Holy Spirit. How was Jesus full of joy? Through the Holy Spirit that was living in him. He says, I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to children. Yes, Father, for this time is what you were pleased to do. These 72 people appointed were baby Christians. I want to help someone this period of Many of us don't do what God's called us to do because we think we got to grow up in Jesus before we can do anything for the kingdom. But there's 72 that Jesus has appointed that's just been converted into Christianity. And the Bible says that he's given them the authority to trample over serpents and scorpions. Now I'm going to help somebody. Y'all help me preach right here for a few minutes. Hear me today, church. It don't matter if you've been saved two minutes or you've been saved 20 years. He's given you authority. When you're walking in humility. And the Bible says, Jesus said himself right here, he says, I thank you, Father, that you, in one version it says, you have revealed this, these things to babies, and you've not revealed them to mature. What is he saying? Through humility, whether you just started or you finish it up, you are able to sense what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. And you are able to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church, and you are able to walk in authority because you walk in humility. Amen. You walk in humility. The lack of humility will ruin us in any situation. I mean, it's been seeing these players that play sports. We're not going to go deep in this, but they walk with pride. They think I'm the best. And they're one injury away from their careers being over. You don't want to see anybody hurt. But I remember these players that they would just, oh, I'm the best. These pro players, nobody's better than me. Nobody's a better receiver than me or running back or a point guard or all these things different. And, and, and a lot of times their careers are cut short because they don't walk in humility. And one injury can end their career and then they know where to go because all they've ever concentrated on was sports. Can I tell you today, if we're not walking in the authority that Jesus gives us, we are robbing ourselves of the blessing that Jesus paid for on the cross. Yeah. 
And you say, well, Pastor, I don't, I don't believe that God, that I can do great things for the kingdom. I don't believe that I'll ever teach a class. I don't believe I'll ever lead somebody to the Lord. I don't ever believe I'll ever be a deacon or a teacher or a pastor or whatever. I don't ever believe I'll do that. You won't as long as you don't believe it. But when I begin to believe, you know, because the word believe comes from the root word and faith and believe comes from the root word. The, the word faith comes from the root word believe. A lot of people are hung up on what other people has told you about Jesus when you need to open the Bible up and let it tell you what it says. Don't take my word for it. Open it up and read it for yourself. You can't understand the word of God without the help of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, Pastor, how do I, how do I understand the word of God? How do I walk in authority? Remember, Jesus is thanking God that he's opened the eyes of the young ones to see the things that are deep. Remember, his disciples before him had come to him and said, hey, even the God devils, some of these have come to him and said, are subject to us in the world. I can tell that devil leave, he leaves in the name of Jesus. But many of us face things every week. How many of you remember the story of Jericho in the Bible? Many of us walk around our Jerichos every week because we don't open our mouths and speak to that wall. We think because we failed God and we only read our devotion four days this week and I really had an argument with my husband or wife and my kids and I yelled at my kids and I had road rage on the road. Guess what? Even about 95% of the people out here on the interstate are having road rage. Get over it, okay? Just don't, just, just calm down and take it. As my wife says, she had to tell me last night, driving home from Tuscaloosa, somebody tried to run us off the road. Right? I, I wasn't very holy there for a moment. I wanted that little Toyota to have on that, that charger and it wasn't going to do it. It's not designed for that. Thank God I bought a Toyota instead of a charger. We'd probably still be running up the interstate and getting tickets or arrested. I'm being real. But when we walk in humility, we have authority. And when we understand what Jesus did for us on the cross, we have authority. You said, well, Pastor, how do I have that authority? You understand who you are in Christ Jesus. That ring in the Old Testament, in Genesis 41, Pharaoh gave Joseph a ring. How many of us know the story of Joseph? Y'all remember his brothers selling him into slavery and telling his daddy that he was dead and they sold him into slavery? And years and years later, after Joseph went through some tough times, was accused of rape and all these other things and was thrown into prison. All of a sudden, Joseph is sitting in the place of authority. He's second in command of all of Egypt because Pharaoh has blessed him, because God has blessed him, because he did what? He walked in humility. And Pharaoh, Bible says that Pharaoh gave him a ring and put it on his hand that he was in second in command of all. And then all of a sudden, there's one day, and there's a famine that comes on the land void, and, and Joseph is sitting there at, in a place where he decides whether people get food or not and his brothers show up. And he's got an opportunity not to forgive. He's got an opportunity to walk in pride. He's got an opportunity to look his brothers in the eyes and say, look, you told my daddy because you were jealous of me. Remember Joseph having the coat? And his brothers were jealous of him because he had this coat. Because he was walking in his authority and his anointing. Look, you can't share with everybody the call God's giving you life. Everybody's not going to receive it. A lot of people are going to sell you on the slave. Come on. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm talking to somebody today. You start telling people about your dreams, you're going to find out who's your friends and who they're not. Who's not. When you start telling people what God's doing in your life, a lot of people get offended by it because they're not walking in the authority. See, I don't need nobody's anointing. I need my anointing that God gave me. I force you me. And I'm not saying that prideful or arrogant. What I'm saying is when I try to be Brian, I'm a bad Brian. But when I'm a Rex, I'm a good Rex. Come on. And a lot of times we wonder why God don't allow us to get past things that we face. Maybe it's financial duress. Maybe it's broken relationships. The reason we don't get to that place is because we don't surrender to God to walk in humility to have authority. I've been there. Done that. Got the t-shirt. Can I tell you, doing it our way won't work. Only going by what the word of God says do works. Walking humility. We have authority. Our authority is delegated. Jesus thanked God because he had solved the authority in these young believers. Now, these young believers come to him and say, hey, even the devils are subject to, subject to us in the name. And Jesus says, I saw the second fall out of my he said, what I want you to rejoice in is not that these demons are subject to you, but I want you to rejoice in the fact that your name's been written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. The greatest blessing that we'll ever have is knowing that our name's been written down in heaven. That we're saved. That our eternal home is heaven, church. That's the greatest gift that we can ever have. But I'm one of those believers that don't that believes that God don't expect me just to have joy, joy in my journey when I get to heaven. He wants me to enjoy my life down here, or He would not give me to. Yeah. And so many of us walk around looking for the next ghost behind or the the next attack behind the door, and we're too busy looking for the next attack of the enemy to walk in the authority God's given us. We're looking for the next thing that's going to go wrong. Come on, I'm talking to somebody today. You're looking for things that's going to go wrong and you're too busy enjoying today. When Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow, but enjoy today, tomorrow's going to have its own problem. So a lot of times you rob yourself of the gift of today because we don't have tomorrow yet. We don't even know if we'll get it. But one thing that we do have, we have today. And we need to enjoy today. We need to walk in freedom today. We need to share Jesus with somebody today, church. You need to have some peace in your heart today. What you've done in the past, when you asked, I'm talking to somebody, when you when you sinned and failed in the past, when you asked Jesus to forgive you of the Bible says he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. He's removed that from us. In other words, never to be remembered again. How many of us walk in that? And think about, well, I did this two years ago. Well, yesterday I did this. And I just don't know if God can do You don't know because you're not walking in the authority. The Bible talks about whosoever the Son has set free is free indeed. Now there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. If I'm in Christ Jesus, Natalie, it's not about me, it's about what Jesus did. And when it becomes about me, I get prideful and arrogant and puffed up because I think it's something that I do when it's really about what he did. And he's already accomplished. So he was talking to these disciples and he was saying, look, you got authority, but that authority is delegated. You got to walk in humility. 
Let's talk about uh, uh, Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 10. Let's talk about the satirian's faith. How many has faith in God? Every one of you have faith in God. If you didn't have faith in God, you wouldn't be here today. Every one of you have faith in God. So let's talk about Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 7. Let's talk about what faith does to God. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion named, uh, a candidate rather, asked him for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? Jesus asked the question. Then the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. That's faith, church. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes, and that will come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly I tell you, I have not seen, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. The centurion. Let me say something about centurion. Centurions were who, Brother Keith? They were Romans, right? He was a Roman commander. Remember, he says, I tell people to go, they go. I tell people to come, they come. He says, I also am a man under authority. So he recognized Jesus as a man under authority. Can I tell you what made Jesus who he is was then and who he is still is today? Is that he walked under the authority of his father. Scripture tells us Jesus said it himself. He said, I don't speak the things from me. I speak what my Father says speak, and then the Holy Spirit will speak from me. Come on. That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit working together as one, right? He said, I don't speak under the authority of, of me. The Bible tells us, as we talked a few minutes ago, that in the Garden of Gethsemane, he surrendered himself to the cross in the Garden, right? So he walked under authority. So the centurion says it like this. Lord, you don't even have to come to my house. All you got to do is speak the word and my servant will be healed. And what did Jesus do? Spoke the word. Then Jesus prays and says, Lord, I truly tell you, I've not seen faith like this in all of it. He said, even the Jews don't believe like this man believed. So it's not subsequent upon and relegated to just us. Can I tell you, when you speak faith, you move heaven and earth. Let me say that again. When we pray in faith, when we speak faithful words, when we pray scripture, we move God. Don't believe it? Go to Exodus. How many times did Moses change God's mind? How many times did Joshua change God? How many times did the prophets of the Old Testament change God's mind? They did it because they prayed in faith. They prayed in faith. You say, well, Pastor, what does that have to do with authority? If I understand who my father is, I'll ask him for anything. I'm going to say that again. When I understand who my father, my father is, I'm not afraid to ask him for anything. Because I know that I'm not making my laundry list. Come on, how many of us get in their prayer room and you start making your list? Come on. I have to, I, I'm a list type person. You can go to my office today at school and there's sticky notes. You can't even see my screen on my computer for sticky notes of things I'm supposed to do Monday when I get back to school. I'm sorry, I'm that, that, that type person. 
My wife would have a fit. She walked in my office today and seen all my sticky notes with you. But that's the way I operate. But then I tell you, maybe you need to take some sticky notes, some 3M pads, and get you a Sharpie or a pen, a good writing pen. You begin to put scripture on your mirror every morning. You begin to, begin to understand who your God is. And when you go to your prayer closet, wherever it is, and you begin to remind yourself what the scripture says that he would do for the church, and that in the last days he's going to pour his spirit out upon all flesh. If you begin to remind yourself of who God is, there's no devil in hell that can defeat you. Listen. You say, Pastor, I'm under attack. I'm under authority. You don't know what I'm going to preach right here. You don't know what I've been going through. Can I tell you today, it may be normal to be under attack, but it is abnormal for a Christian to lose. Amen. He did not build you to lose. You know, read the back of the book, church, we win. Amen. Maybe I'm not scaring these babies to death. It is not normal. To lose. And no, I'm not going to use sports analogies right here. I could if I wanted. But those who are competitive in life, how many is competitive? Come on, y'all guys, raise your hands. Come on, get some help today. Let the Lord help you. I played golf with y'all before. Jason, you don't like to lose, do you? Come on. Come on. Lord's going to help you today, Jason. <laughs> Nobody likes to lose. Nobody likes to lose. Everybody likes to win. Cody says nobody likes to play. That's good, Cody. The Lord's going to help some people with that feeling. It's normal for you to be under attack. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Let me find it. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 Apostle Paul said it like this writing to the church at Ephesus in chapter 6 Ephesians chapter 6 he says in addition, in addition to all this take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the fly, flaming arrows of the evil one he's giving instructions to the church on how to win is he not it's the warfare chapter in Ephesians 6 the warfare chapter to the church at Ephesus. He said take up your shield of faith. See I'm not having faith in who I am Brian. When I lift my shield of faith. I'm having faith in who my God is. And I know what his word says. Listen you can't pray, pray the word. And you can't preach the word. And you can't share the word. And you can't walk in the word if you don't know the word. If the only time you're opening up your Bible. Is on Sundays and Wednesdays. You need to repent. Because your power is not left to be in your pocket. You say, well, Pastor, I don't have a Bible. You can download it. Everybody has a smartphone. And an Android, you can download that. I, you know what I do a lot of times? I hook it to my Bluetooth in my truck. And Brian, on that 30-minute drive to work, I just let it read Scripture to me. Do you know what that Scripture is doing? It's sinking into my spirit. And I may not have a lot of time to read the Word that day, but I got 30 minutes driving home and 30 minutes back. That I can resolve the word. You say, well, Pastor, yeah, I know we got real lives and we, we fight real devils and we have real problems. And I know that you, a lot of us live, live real busy life. But the point I'm trying to make today, church, is this we do what we want to do. And when we don't speak those things faithfully to God, we can't move God. We can't walk in authority because we've forgotten who our God is. A lot of times we've forgotten who our God is because we're on a place of authority and God's just sitting over there on the side just getting, we just pick him out of the vending machine when we need him. 
God, I, I, I'm a man. I like fixing stuff. My wife don't have to remind me every six months it needs to be fixed. I'm eventually going to get to it. She's not in here today. I can say that. But men like fixing things. But a part of walking in humility, church, is to realize that we can't fix everything. Neither were we equipped to fix everything. You're not equipped as a Christian to fix every problem you have. You are equipped as a Christian to walk in humility under the authority of the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. That power that brought him from the grave. Amen. That same power that brought Jesus forth from the grave. I'm just quoting scripture right here. Lives in us. Whether you're two days old in the Lord or you're 25 years old in the Lord, you have authority in Christ Jesus. That means when my children sit and my family's falling apart and I'm losing my job or whatever I'm facing or the anxiety's coming in on me like a flood, the Bible said the Spirit of the Lord will lift up the standard. But He only does that when we walk in the authority and we speak those words of faith. That's the reason it says that we speak those things that are not as though they were. How many has ever prayed something into existence in your life? You couldn't see it, but you prayed it in. I began to pray this prayer back in spring. Father, I don't know when COVID hit. I'm just being honest today. I don't know what you're going to do through the church and how you're going to finish this thing up before the rapture of the church. But all I know, Father, is allow me to be a part of it. Allow me to be able to hear your your words. Can I tell you, there's a lot of Sundays when I drove down that hill and we weren't able to church have church, it broke my heart. But there was a there was a many times that we were having Facebook Live and drive-up services and the church was continuing on. And the church was growing during a pandemic. Come on, church. Because God chose to do it a different way. I don't know how God's going to finish up the Great Commission, but I do know this. Lord, I want to be a part of it. I want to walk in the authority. I want to see blind eyes open. I want to see people get out of wheelchairs. I want to see cancer fall off of bodies and out of bloodstreams. Come on, church. You say, well, Master, I don't believe all that. You don't believe the word of God because he says it's going to happen. It's time for the church to quit being anemic and weak and stand up like the warriors who created us and walk in the authority and the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost. It's not Holy Ghost chill walks on our arms. It's you talking in tongues and praying through the enemy and the warfare that the enemy surrounded us with. And you praying in that heavenly language when you push it back out of hell. And you're reaching the throne room for somebody else's life that's falling apart. Come on to that church. It's real. It's real. When we begin to understand the authority that we have in Christ Jesus. When we walk down that logging road. And all we can do is weep and cry. Or out in our shooting house. Come on, I'm talking to you hunters today. And you hear the birds chirping and that squirrel that sounds like that ten point buck coming through those leaves. Come on. <laughs> well, that little bitty tweed bird is out there and he sounds like he sounds like that big old turkey you're looking for, Jason. And he's about that tall. And he's just looking for a few seeds to eat. But those places like that are we on our bass boat trying to figure out which lure these fish are going to find. But we're too busy being in a hurry to hear from God. See, God can talk to you on a bass boat or in a shooting house or on a tractor or on your lawnmower or in the yard working for the wind. It's just as good as he can talk to you in a church. 
Matter of fact, some of the greatest messages that I've ever preached and some of the most word, strong words of God that I've ever gotten is, is when I was working. Yeah. Yes. My wife used to pick at me years ago when we were on the road singing. I worked in a cloud shop. And I would write songs. I had to weld these big, two big pieces of plate together. They were like three by five. It was the front of a roll-off container. But I had to weld that plate to some angle line every day. And I had to weld it and had to put out 30-something of them an hour welded up. And I'd be sitting there welding. And I was singing on the weekends and God was giving us songs. And I would write that in soapstone. You welders know what I'm talking about. And I'd write songs down in soapstone. Or I'd find some rapping or some some invoices on some paper, some steel we got in. I'd be over there writing it down. I'd have well, two minutes here before the next one's got to drop. So I'm over there. But God was talking to me, even though I was working and making a living, God was talking to me because I was listening to him. Yeah. A lot of times, church, we forget about that God talks to us driving down the road and walking through the woods or taking a walk in the park or walking your dog or whatever you do or cleaning your bathroom. Yeah. You gotta get anointed to clean the bathroom. Come on. And scrubbing the shower. I'm not gonna pick on Colin. He's not here today, but I'm gonna move on. But anyway, just ask Colin one day about being the best shower cleaner ever. He was good at it. He's gonna say, hey, Next time I see him, ask him that. But he get in there and his earbuds on. He get his DC top over, and he get in there clean the tub. You know what? I was so thankful he liked DC Talk and I'd buy him more batteries for, for his little player that he had in. You know why? Because I didn't want to clean tub. And he was young and energetic and he was going to waste that energy on soup, so he might as well get some good out of it. So, anyway, uh, make sure you ask him about that. He's going to go back at me, but usually it is. So, we're good. The last point is obedience. Do we walk in obedience? Do we obey what God's calling us to do? Do we walk in obedience to the word? Do we? See, the word, this is something that's happened in our churches, in our nation, and in our world. People think they can take the Bible and they can just pick out what they want. And if I live by this part, I'm good. But when I commit to be a Christian, I commit and submit myself to walk under the authority of the word of God. I don't get to pick and choose. Listen, the reason that America's messed up today because they chose to turn their back on God. And they chose to kick him out of the courtroom and the schoolhouses. Come on, I'm telling you the truth. And the reason we're in the mess in today because you cannot have freedom without, without religion of God and the Bible. You can't. And I say Jesus, I mean Almighty God. The reason that we're in the place we're in because we want to do it ourselves. I'm talking about as a nation. And we chose to do it ourselves, and now look at where we're in the shape we're in. Because we don't walk in obedience. I don't get to pick and choose the truth. The truth is already there. It's my job to accept it and walk in it. See, God promised me a long time ago that he's going to build a church on this hill. In a church that don't look like any other. See, I don't want to go back. Let me say this. I don't want to, me and, me and Jerry had this conversation the other day. I don't want to go back to the glory days because the church had problems in the glory days. Yes, we looked down our nose at folks and folks didn't look like we looked and smell like we wanted them to smell. We looked down our nose and we put them out of the church. I'm just being real. Right, right. 
We talked about people. We prayed for people, but we didn't talk about them just like we prayed for. Come on, man. But the church that God is building and going to pour his spirit out in the last days is because the church is going to walk in humility and obedience to the word of God. That means I don't get to pick and choose what I think is wrong or right. The word of God is right and everything else that's repugnant to it is wrong. And I don't get to choose that. That's the reason our families is falling apart. Because God placed the man as the head of the house. Come on. Yes. And we don't walk in that as man as the head of the house. Now, I, I know this is going to get into right here. I want to help you ladies too. But man, we want our wife to submit to us, but we're not being the spiritual head of the house. We're not leading our houses in prayer and our homes in prayer. You know, we want them to submit to us and we want them to, to, to listen to us and what, we're, what we should be doing. We want them to do that and want, well, how they should act and how they should, you know, they're supposed to fix my plate. I'm helping some people here today. I'm also digging myself a hole, but I'm coming out. Y'all just come on. But we want them to submit to us and we want them to listen to us. We want we, me to, us to be the head. Listen, you are the head of the house, man. You are her cover. That means you're supposed to cover her in prayer. And we're also supposed to treat her like Christ did the church. And Jesus died for her. The church. So I'll give my life to her, my wife, because I'm her cover. But I'm not the, plant, the, the person in the authority. I'm just the under-shepherd of my home, Jesus. Is the person of authority. And if I'm not living according to the word of God, I am walking, I am not walking in the blessing of God. Listen, we understand. Yeah, I just want my wife to do what I tell her to do. Okay, you guys, I'll try that and see how that works. <laughs> I was said that God calls the deep sleep to fall on that. I'm going to help some people right here. And he took a rib, opened up for Adam's side, and took a rib from his side, her, his side because he saw he was incomplete. He was lonely. Even though he walked with God every day, did he not? I was saying until the day that Adam walked with God and talked to him. But God saw that he was incomplete. So he caused a deep sleep to fall on him. Then he did surgery on him and created woman from the rib of a man. The reason he took man from the rib took woman from the rib of a man is because he wanted the woman to be by his side not under him. I've heard this preach from the pulpit. Well the woman has no place of authority in the church. You're misunderstanding what the word of God says. Now, a lot of people say well Pastor Riggs, woman shouldn't have a place of leadership in the church. Well if men led not so many women wouldn't have to. Did I say that? Yeah I did. church. The way the church in the last day is going to operate is just like the word of God says it should operate. And the way the blessing of God is going to be on it now, listen, God didn't put me to lower up for my wife and to condescend to her and to be and to be ugly to her and to be mean to her and to look down on her. He took her from my side because he knew what to be by my side. I'm a mess without my wife. I'll be honest with you. She's organized. I have ideas. She helped me put them into fruition. I'm giving her credit. But you know, everything that I do in ministry, Regina, she's right there with you. You know why? Because I don't treat her like she's trash. I treat her like she's my wife. I don't look down to her. I talk to her. I don't go buy vehicles for her without her. I don't even know where this comes from, but somebody needs to hear it. 
We have conversations about how we discipline our children and how we operate in our homes. Come on. Right. We're talking about the family. We want the church strong, but the family's weak. And the church is only going to be as strong as the family is. Right. Remember, he instituted the family before he instituted the church. Right. So if I want to walk in authority, I'm going to love my wife as Christ loved the church. And he died for her. Yeah. You know what he said? Right. So that means I'm not going to hold over her. I'm going to listen to her. And I'm also going to cover her. I had a guy tell me one time, and I'm almost done. I know y'all happy. Because y'all thinking about the steak in the corn. It was like a couple weeks ago. But I had a guy tell me one time, going through his second divorce, this is what he's telling me. Now listen, let me say this. I'm not judgmental of big men who go through divorce or have been through divorce because I've never been through one, thank God. But can I tell you that? There are a lot of people who divorce nowadays, and we need to quit judging people that have gone through that. And we need to love them. Matter of fact, the church needs to be ministering to them and helping them. Because you can go through that too. But I had a man to tell me one time, he said, I just don't understand my life. There's nothing I can do that pleases her. No matter what I do, pleases her. And then the next 15 minutes, I'm like, well, do, you, do you study her? Do you know anything about her? Do y'all go out on dates? Do you do anything together? He says, no, I bass fish every weekend. <laughs> he just got through showing me a picture on his phone around his new church again. Good. It's just going to get hot eating that turkey sandwich from Mercedes. And I had a friend of mine that done our Bible study sitting next to me. He was saying, Yeah, he was bumping me. He He knew that I just about was, was fishing to preach, was fishing to share something. He says, She don't mind me buying, I bought two new reels. He bought reels, $400. $400 reels. Just sharing and being honest. Good friend of mine. She'll understand why I don't do that. And he's got two kids at home. I said, Well, how much time do you spend with your wife and kids? Do you take your wife and kids fishing? Do your girls go turkey hunting? No, they don't really like that stuff. I said, Well, do you do stuff they like? He said, Well, I just don't understand. And he had been on a 30 minute rant on how to call a turkey. I'm going to talk to you guys. I mean, if you know more about calling a turkey than you know about your wife, you need to repent. Yep. Am I saying this? Yeah. Because it needs to be said. If I spend more time with other things than I do with my family, and my family's falling apart, I wonder why my family's falling apart, and I don't spend no time with I'm preaching to a preacher today. A lot of times, preachers, you know what gets in the way of preachers? Ministry. I have a grudge against my daddy for years. You know why? Tiffany, because my daddy thought the church wasn't for his family meetings. And he'd always be doing something for the church. And I had high school football games on Friday night. And I played three and a half years of high school football cutting. My daddy came to two of my ball games. Count them up. That's 40 something ball games. And I tell you, I was mad and angry and hurt because my daddy wasn't coming to my ball games. He asked me to forgive me, and I would say it if he was sitting here. But can I tell you, we get one chance with our family, one chance with our kids. We don't need to waste it. And you're not going to walk into the anointing and the authority of the Lord if you're treating your family like you're supposed to. I don't know. Right. Women, son, 
If you encourage your husband, I don't care. He may not have cut the grass, but keep trying to get you. But I'm going to tell you the greatest hindrance, and I'm talking to some people today, myself included. He may not be the best husband in the world, but if you talk down to others, to him, in front of him, you are ruined. You are hurting that situation. And I may not have two people back on Sunday. We can't do that. We can't do that. There was times in my life when Jennifer and I's marriage was not good at all. Pastor, you mean you have rough? Yeah, I've been married 28 years. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you that we haven't talked about the D word a couple times in our lives. But you know what Jesus did? He made me realize that singing and music and guitars and record deals, my little girl and little boy in my life was more important than That's the reason I don't have to worry. Because that consumed my life. But when I come home, I realize that I had a beautiful son and a beautiful daughter and a beautiful wife that God had blessed me with, and I need to spend more time studying them and loving them. Now listen, everybody here, I'm going to help y'all. I'm going to put a band aid on this thing closing. I'm not telling you don't turkey hunt. I'm not telling you don't fish. Ladies, I'm not telling you don't shop and have stuff. What I am saying is we need to talk to each other before we make decisions. We need to spend time with each other as a family. My daughter's grown. And she's been out how long I've been together for over three, over three years. Because you know what she'll still do some days, Regina? She called me on the way driving to school. Hey, Dad, just want to talk to you a few minutes. That makes the world to me. Because she's 24 years old now, and she's still my little girl. And I'd run through that wall for her if I had to. I'd give my life for her because that's my baby. And I know he would. But we don't give him one trip through church. We get one ride. And the more this life goes on, the more I understand family. The reason he instituted the family first because we need to put the family first. The reason we spend thousands and thousands of dollars on playgrounds and stuff and ministries and have people set out of church every Sunday to go serve your kids because we believe in the family. And we want to love on these kids in the family. The reason we offer small groups on relationships and marriage and finances and all that stuff because we know the families walk through stuff. And we have to walk under the authority. Now listen, guys, I know you need places to go hunt and you need to go fishing, but your kids need to too. Your wife needs to just go over there too. I mean, my wife likes to go fishing with me, guys. She loves it. When I brought that boat home that day, Virginia, she was happier than I was. She says, all I need is two little baskets of crickets. And you bang my hook. <laughs> yeah. Because she ain't going to put that cricket on that hook of that one hook. It's not going to happen. You know what she told me one day? We went fishing. This is a funny I'm almost covered. We went fishing one day and I forgot to get the crickets. She comes out of the house with a ziplock bag. I said, What in the world have you got? She's like, Two wings. I put this wing on the hook and they'll bite this wing. They'll bite this, they'll bite this one. I don't have in other words, she's like, I want you to fish because I know you're gonna throw lures and I want to be able to fish myself. But the best times we have 
He's on that boat fishing. Before I saw him, the SS Beaver took over. The pontoon. The best times we had was fishing or walking. Some of the best times Jennifer and I have are down here at this church working, talking about life, or taking a walk around this parking lot, or it's too short. This life is too short for us not to walk in the joy and the authority of God's goodness. And God has blessed us, church. Look at the thing. Look at these babies. When I see these babies, I, we went to, um, yesterday morning, we was here helping Gina and for Joe's, um, I was trying to think of her name, Eddie Pace. Baby shower. And little Eli on Gina. I mean, there's a question. Then I got to see little William yesterday at the birthday party. You know what it made me think about? I remember calling Jordan. And I remember how many times that I'd get in to work on Friday, on Thursdays, and I'd get in that van, and I'd send all weekend, go with a week, get a little work. I was throwing my family. And what I was doing, Ryan, wasn't a bad thing. But I wasn't walking into the authority God gave me, which was my home first. But when I come home and decide to leave the room, yeah, it caused heart fever from the guys that I was seeing. But I got my family back. Church, listen. Hear what I'm saying. If your day's a gift, whether you're two minutes into it or you're 35 or 40 years into it, it's a gift. And when we learn to walk under the authority, God and humility, not just to God. Because when I walk in humility with John and David and Boyd and Brian and all these guys around this church, if I walk in humility, if I treat them in love, you know what I'm doing? I'm not honoring people, I'm honoring my God. And when I honor my children, when I speak, listen, when I speak life to my kids. Moms and dads, do you speak life to your kids? Because I promise you, when they go to that school every day, there's somebody talking to them. You need to speak life to your kids. I got a note this week from one of my kids. Had not known this kid but a month since we've been in school. But I got a note. I had my desk this week. I got a little kid this in my class. He's autistic. And kids make fun of him everywhere. I can't talk to him. He can only say words. I got two of my kids that are seniors. Every day, they saw me opening his locker because he couldn't remember his combination. He couldn't talk. He's very smart. He can read a measure tape. He was laying out of that. Backdrop this week by himself. He can read measure tape. He knows how to use a circuit or saw. He just can't communicate. But the world's throwing that kill. I got a call and said, Mr. Hagan, 
I nominate you for teacher of the month. Because you take time every day to go get your keys and unlock that locker for that kid and you never fuss with him one time. You can work with him. Life's too short. I might be the best preacher in the world, but if I'm not Jesus to those kids, if I'm not real with those kids every day, because many of them are not getting that much in the home. He said, but I didn't have to hand this as a phone. He said, you could also tell me that I quite got to quit being lazy and do my work. And I knew who it was. But you know what he's doing? He's listening. And he comes in and gets his hard hat on, his safety glasses, his, his hard hat, and his safety glasses. You know why? Because somebody's talking out that kid before he told him to go to the class. Somebody's told that kid. So, Pastor Exercel, no, I'm just saying that I needed that. That day, Friday, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. We get one chance. We get one ride through, church. One ride through. There's ministries right now in this church of God's birth that He's calling people to do. Will you answer the call? Pastor, I don't know a lot about the Bible. Can you read? You can read a devotion. You can teach a young boy how to build a campfire, put a tent in there. You can do that. You can spend a time with a little girl. You can teach a little girl that God loves me and cares for her and that they're worth something to God. Yeah. You can do that. The centurion told him, just say the word and my servant will be healed because I know you won't get filled. He said, I also am a man under authority. So we can tell people all day long, I'm this and I'm that. But when you're real with people, and I'm going to tell you something. One thing I learned the first year that I was teaching, these kids will read you like a book. And if you're not real with them, they'll tell you that hurts your feelings. How many of you ever had a little kid hurt your feelings? Look, kids tell you, Bryce, come on, Dave. They can tell you all kinds of stuff. I don't like them. I don't like them. I, I used to have a shirt. Colin, Colin knows I love him. He's gone today. When I was a little boy, I, I, I just bought me a shirt. My shirt. I love that shirt. I picked Colin up. He's probably two and a half years old. He did before I got Sunday school one day. And he looked at me. He said, I love you, daddy. And he grabbed me and hugged me. And I love you, too. He said, that shirt's ugly. <laughs> Maybe feel good, maybe feel bad. But kids are honest. Talk to them. He's a little boy, gonna be honest. He didn't like that shirt. You know what I didn't do? I didn't like that shirt. <laughs> He'd also say, Hey dad, he's still good. He's 20 years old. Hey dad, we're gonna go to the Titan stand this year. Yeah, he can get there. We're going to let him. We're going to be talking to him. You know what? He's still on the board. He's all wrong and independent. He's still on the board. What we do matters, church. What you do in mom and dad, it matters. Don't you quit doing what you do. Don't you quit bringing these kids to church. Don't you quit loving on those kids. Don't you quit 
pray that over your kids when you see them still every day. Would you quit leading and just keep fighting the good fight? We're going to reap a harvest if we don't quit. We don't give up. Let's pray together, Father. We honor you today. Lord, Holy Father, I thank you for your spirit I feel God, I pray that families and lives have been touched by their lives. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power and presence that's in this room today. And I pray that you would touch parents that are discouraged, husbands and wives that maybe worn out and weary and tired. I pray, Father, with that, that you give supernatural strength and help. I pray that you can do it. I pray for those that are struggling. Whatever the need may be, physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally, God, those who are just trying like me for so many years, trying to just give it up and forget it, God, I ask that we give it up. I ask that you help us give it up. To let go of hurts and when people have hurt us, to let it go. To understand that you forgave us and you forgave us. I ask you to go with our husbands and these husbands and wives children, families, and I ask you to go before them. I ask for those that you to touch those that's having to work today, that are weary and tired, that are out there making a living for the families, God. I pray that you'd be with them, strengthen them, and help them. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your word. It's a lamp into our feet. It's a light into our path. May we hide it in our home. May we not just be hearers of your word, Lord, but let us be doers as well. God, we honor you. I ask that you be with our families. I ask you to continue to strengthen our families. I ask you to continue to bless our families. I ask you to help our children's ministry, every part of the service, youth church, youth ministry, outreach, worship ministry, teaching ministry, preaching ministry. God, I pray every part of this church will be about reaching people and loving our people for you and your kingdom. And that we we'll walk in humility so we can walk in that authority. In you, in Jesus' name we ask you. Thank you for joining us at Restoration Church. If you enjoyed this message today, check us out at restorationmacala.com. And for more messages, you can listen to us on Spotify under Restoration Church.